It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Postcast, where tonight the Utah Jazz fall to the Oklahoma City Thunder in a stunning and, frankly, poor performance by the Utah Jazz. We're talking about it. We're taking your questions. We're reacting to a stunner in Salt Lake City. It's coming up on Postcast. Postcast is brought to you by the store at 6200 South 20th East, as well as the new Gateway Edition. And the it, right next to us at the gateway, as well as 900 South and 100 West. And, Ron, I'm going to get fat. You are? Yeah, because every time we lose one of these games, I say it's a perfect opportunity to go have a mudslide cookie. Go binge and on the cookies. I'm going to be binging on cookies an awful lot the way we're going. We've lost six of eight. We were down by 20 to a Thunder team tonight that did not have the services of Danilo Gallinari. We said coming in that the Thunder would be a much better defensive team, but a much worse offensive team. And we turned out to be the worst offensive team. The Jazz offense really was just very, very poor all night long. What I saw, David, was our inability to handle their pick and roll. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something, it's, it's an offense that every team in the league runs. Uh, some teams are better at it than others. And Chris Paul, uh, I thought Schroeder, and, and then when Adam's setting picks, they're very good at it. They got to the, the elbows. They got into that mid-range paint and, and was just so effective. And I think that just, just couldn't do anything with it. Well, we are live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch at Locked On Live. We are live on Locked On Sports at Facebook and on Periscope. Feel free to send in your questions. We'll get to your reaction. Your reaction is probably... More important than what we have to say. I think we're equally as stunned as you are of what we're experiencing. And the most concerning thing to me, Ron, is I feel like it's the same script every single night. The starters go out. Sometimes they're ahead. Sometimes they're not. And the world falls apart. Tonight, the starters, I think we, we checked combined for the night. We're like minus three, which means that, you know, by the time it was done, they were down 20. So the bench guys were minus 17. Not to zero in on individuals, but Emmanuel Moody, a 17 minutes, minus 15. Jeff Green, my 13 minutes, minus 13. Ed Davis, 12 minutes, minus 11. George Niang ended up minus 9 because they were plus late. But he was minus 15 and 15 minutes until the uh, garbage time tonight. Those are, that's what's happening almost every single night here, Ron. Yeah, and, and it's hard to figure out, I, I think, for Quinn on what players are going to play best out there on the floor together. And, and, and I know he's struggling with you know, because you know our starters can't play 48 minutes you know they they have to sit and i think right now donovan's playing about 34 minutes a game and and boyan's playing pretty close to that 31 32 joe's minutes are going up rudy's in, up, up about 32 33 minutes of ball game there as well and and that's probably about right maybe a couple of minutes two more for for donovan but those other minutes that that they're they're not on the floor, uh, they got to get something out of it. And, and right now, this where Quinn goes with this, I don't know. All right, let's go to the questions because they're coming in. We'll start at Facebook. Uh, Alex asks a great question right out of the shoot. This does not seem to be a team that's playing like a team. What can they do to change that? <sighs> Boy, if, if 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 I had the answer, I'd be coaching this basketball team. Uh, but. Uh, how do they take advantage of what they have, the players that they have? Uh, 
they they have a system that they're they're trying to run, uh, and it it just doesn't get just doesn't get done. One thing that that I'm very concerned with though is is it's when the Jazz give up on their offense and start playing like one on one, and and that's just not the way the Jazz are built to play. Why? Because we're not a very good offensive rebounding team. As a matter of fact, we have guys don't even go to the offensive glass for a couple of reasons. They probably think that Rudy Gobert is going to get all the rebounds, but they also want to get back and, and defend and, and transition. So what they do and what – what I'm not really Chris, concerned, but I know it's, it's really very, very concerned, okay. concerned about that. Sorry, I was just trying to help out uh, Oklahoma City's TV guy who – uh, uses a cane yeah. um, and was taking the stairs down. I guess no one told him that there was an elevator. Uh, Craig wants to know, are we so thin on the bench when Conley's not playing that we are this bad? <laughs> the questions are hard tonight, yeah. Ron. That is, uh, The answer is yes. Yeah. You know what? The answer is yes. You know why? Because when Mike Conley leaves games this year, our offense is in the 15th percentile. The minute Donovan Mitchell leaves the game, our offense is in the second percentile. The minute Boyan Bogdanovich leaves the game, our offense is in the second percentile. The answer is yes. 24 games in the season, if we take one of our three best offensive players off the floor, we drop to titanic levels of poor mm-hmm. offense. So, yes, there's no lying about that. It's statistically true. Mm-hmm. Um, low 24 Logan, another tough one coming from Periscope. How much of this loss do you think is on Snyder? With his ability, I mean, he, I'm sure coach, players, everybody takes the blame. You know, even even the assistant coaches that, that put the game plan, they help put the game plan together. You know, they, they have to question about whether or not the game plan was what they needed to get it done. We have complimented our, our coaches many, many times on the game plan because how it works. And, and, you know, we watch practice. We watch how they want to defend. And when you see it working out there on the floor, you compliment them. But uh, I think it, it goes on everyone, uh, the coaches, Quinn, players, everyone. And in particular, uh, Quinn is, is – it's his job to try to find players out there that can play together. And and right now it's just not getting done. If Hopefully the, it does. If there are tough decisions to be made, they've been pushed they're getting pushed to the brink point where they're gonna have to like those just I don't know what they are, but that's one of the coaches' jobs. And at some point you're pushed to kind of the level. We're we're pretty much pushed there, I think, having lost six of eight yeah. and being down by twenty and all of the losses. Uh, a lot of Dante questions. Annalade wants to know Dante in his short lease. Man, is he good at the pick and roll, getting the big, the lob. Uh, Craig wants to know why is Dante not playing where it couldn't hurt. L- l- I'll take – I've nailed you with the last two. I'll take that. Yeah. Let's be honest about Dante. He's not been good since he's come back. It's not actually fair to think he's supposed to be good. Since he came back, he was injured. He didn't play for nine months. He's not going to be better than he was when he was injured. He didn't become a star while being injured. That's the thing that I think is most disturbing to me about because it's unfair to Dante to ask him to become a better player while he's injured. And that's what we're asking. He has ten turnovers and five assists coming into this game since he's been back. Did he get the lob to Tony Bradley late? Yes. Was it beautiful? Yes. Does it matter? Absolutely not. Those minutes don't count when you're down 20 of any evaluation sense. Does it, is the comment that it can't hurt? I think there might be something to that. The problem is Emmanuel Moutier played his best game of the year last game and probably his worst game of the year tonight, and he probably played his worst game of the year the night before that. So for Quinn Snyder's standpoint, like, Jeff Green tonight goes 2 of 5, minus 13 after coming off an unbelievable night. 
he just doesn't have any concept of what he's getting night in and night out. And both those guys are so gifted and so skilled and trying to be such, trying to play in this fashion. So if, if you bench Emmanuel Moutier, like, you're losing him. And I don't know if you want to get to that point. If you bench Jeff Green, you're losing him. And that's the real difficulty that's here. So right now, to add to that, you know, Jeff Green played 13 minutes tonight. I mean, are you going to lose him behind 13 minutes? You just might. You might. You, you know, and, and it's, it's awfully hard for, for Quinn to win a basketball game, keep guys happy, uh, and and knowing when they're not getting the job done uh, out there on the floor. I don't mean this critically of Jeff Green. I, I Seriously, this is not no. a criticism. If he hears this and thinks it's unfair, I apologize. Jeff Green doesn't see minus 13 on his, in his box score tonight. He sees 13 minutes. Yeah, right. Right? He's And he's not happy about that. Like, right. Jeff Green played 27 minutes a game last year. Right. So I'll promise you he's not. Like, that's the difficulty that coaches have. All right, let me try. We could be here all night. Maybe Ron will go TV and I'll stay. Or um, trade Conley. We can't really do that. He makes $30 million. <laughs> um, Everyone says this team we have, and we can't make moves. There's always a move to be made. Okay, yeah, in fantasy there is. This one's a little harder. There's salary cap rules. There are things that can be done. Um, how would have last year's team done against OKC and the Lakers this year? We would have lost to the Lakers and won tonight. Probably so, yes. Uh, Ron, what's wrong? <laughs> um, I saw that. So oh. Conley's not a game changer. I don't think we get that much. I mean, Conley's not, but there is a level that we have been able to. Well, actually, no, because once we take one of those guys off the floor, that's been the problem. I mean, it's tough, guys. I mean, we've lost six of eight. We didn't think we'd lose six of eight. We've been down by 20 and only two wins against Memphis. I mean, this is hopefully the nadir of the season. Like, and if we had the answer, this would be a winning team. Well, yeah. But let me add something about Dante. Yeah. Because he's, those injuries have kept him from developing. He's missed his developmental years. Uh, every year he's uh, uh, just, what did he play, 40 games last yeah. year or, or less, I think. And, and those injuries have re- just really set him back. And, um, and I hope that he just continues to work hard because he's very talented, very long, especially a uh, great defensive player, can drive, can get to the basket. But he just, just I don't know, if, if you're going to wait and be patient on him, I think he can help. Tyler Walling on YouTube says the teams has serious problems. Quinn's offense looks too easy to defend. High pick and roll with Gobert. Stick on the shooter. Stay in between Gobert and the basket. Too easy to defend. I will say this, and this would be the one comment I'll make, and I'll leave the show on this note. The thought that I have been having for the last week is that there is a value to having terrible shooters because it leaves you an outlet to a pass, and if that terrible shooter can drive and pass, it actually creates offense. I was talking to Billy Donovan actually about it before the game. I texted some scouts and coaches I know around the league about it, and they basically said, if you have someone who can dribble and pass, even if they can't shoot, they can create the same activity to get you shots as other things. We actually don't have that because we have all good shooters. And so we are coming off the pick and roll and having a hard time finding outlets for passes. Let me add one more thing and, and how excited we hear. You know, maybe some of your or right. callers here are, are not at the basketball game, have not been at, we're not at the ball game. But when the Jazz get the defense scrambling and that ball is moving around the perimeter, the fans get excited. I mean, you can hear the rumble in the crowd, and, and they're waiting for that, that, that open look shot to be made. It, even if it doesn't fall, you know, they know when that they get the defense scrambling and that ball is, is You know what's popping. crazy about that, Ron? My whole thing right there? But our problem is not when we have our shooters on the floor. Yeah. So that's even that whole analysis I gave there. There's yeah. not accurate. Yeah. We're flustered too, guys. <laughs> We're with you, though. We'll be back with you from Minneapolis. Thanks very much for tuning in. We appreciate your fandom. 
we got the guys to turn it around. we got good players. we got good coaches. It's just been a really tough stretch we didn't expect. Hopefully it's the end. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.